0: A few podcasts ago, Dave touched on getting your financial house in order. He gave some key things you can do to have more order in your life, financially speaking. This week, he is going to dig a little deeper on this very important topic. We humans tend to get very busy and have complicated lives. This session, he's going to give concrete examples on things you can do to have peace in your personal life in regard to your money.
1: Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level.
0: On today's episode, it's all about cleaning up your financial closet. Dave's going to help you set a clean financial life. I know personally, Dave is one of the most organized people I know, so he's got a lot of experience here.
1: Well, thank you, Nate, and uh, let's get right into it. We're going to talk about your personal financial life again, and I just want to let you know that I tend to be a list maker. Now, let me rephrase that. I am a list maker. My typical modus operandi or MO is to go to my office in the morning and make a plan for the day and, of course, I write down on a scrap of paper. The goal that day is to complete all those items by day's end. Sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. Also, I have a second list of more long-term things that I want to accomplish, but I don't need to complete them that day. They might be to trim the hedges or repair the weed whacker, or plan our next travel adventure overseas. I have the best of intentions to get those daily tasks done that day, but frankly, life gets in the way and I might only get one or two done. So what happens next is I put that uncompleted task list aside, and then the next day I'll start another task list, and so on and so forth. Now you can probably see my dilemma. Before I know it, I have a bunch of little lists that are everywhere on my desk, and clutter gets me a bit on edge at times. So it's a battle for me to keep my pile of notes organized. Overall, my house is in order, so to speak, but I'll tell you, this one particular issue can be frustrating to me. So today, I want to share with you practical tips that can help you in order to keep your financial house in order. Personally, I've implemented these tips and they have taken the stress out of that part of my life. Now, in regard to my endless note-taking, well, that's still a work in progress. So let's start with this. What do you do with your credit card receipts, your insurance bills, or your medical papers after you've paid them? What about warranty paperwork? Do you even keep them? Have you made a will? Are the beneficiaries up to date? Do you find that every year around tax time, you start to feel your blood pressure rise and you stress out more than normal? You have to go find all those receipts and go through those bank statements and so on and so forth. You can minimize that by getting these things organized. So let's first talk about short-term papers. Examples of that would be your monthly statement from your bank or brokerage or 401ks and so forth. Now, Some of you now, or many of you, may be electronic and you don't even have any of those. So that's a little different. You have to keep that organized, but you have to keep it organized electronically. Today, I want to just talk about the paper part, short-term things that you have paper. So if you have investment receipts, they need to be saved for your to preparer, okay? So if you buy a stock, sell a stock, those kind of things, you have to keep a record of that. Most people now, like I said, get their pay electronically, but there are a few of you who still get a paper copy. These people need to keep that until you get your year-end statement. Those annual statements should be kept for three years and then shred them. So did you catch that? So if you get a, a weekly or monthly paycheck, a paper check, keep it for the year, but when you get your year-end statement, you could throw away the rest of that, those first 11 months of documents, but keep that annual statement for three years, and then you could progressively shred the later years. Regarding credit card statements, again, some of you are fully electronic, but for those that do have paper statements, you should keep those for tax purposes if you have charitable contributions or tax-deductible expenses, for example, on things you purchase for a rental or maybe you gave something to Goodwill, well you can write those off but you have to have a paper copy for you know when you do your taxes. So once you get those statements and they're passed and you get the next month, if it's not related to taxes, you can shred those and also those documents from your mutual funds and those kind of things. You don't need to keep those unless you had a transaction involving a purchase or a sale as far as keeping them for your, when you do your taxes. Some of you have utility bills that you get every month. You get a paper copy or cell phone bills well, they can be shredded as soon as they are paid as the website of the company will have a backup.
0: Yeah, or just get it sent to you in email.
1: Right, yeah. And I've done that with just about everything now. And, and I I did keep paper copies up until probably about four or five years ago. I know you younger people probably don't do that at all. You're all electronic and that's okay. But it's important that some things, you do need to at least know where to find them You know, electronically. You need to save some of those things like I've talked about. All right, ATM and deposit receipts can be shredded as soon as you have your confirmation that the money has passed into the appropriate destination, basically that it shows up in your checking or savings account online. One final thought on this subject is that most, if not all of these papers are now online, as I mentioned, so there is really little need to keep papers. If you are still getting lots of paper documents, think again and think hard. Do you really need to receive those paper documents? Come back into the 21st century and go electronic whenever you can. Now, with that being said, like I mentioned already, but just as a reminder, you must keep record of certain things for tax time. And you can do that electronically. You just need to have a a way to keep it filed electronically so you can pull it up when uh, tax time comes every year. All right, the next thing that I wanna help you with is long-term papers. And that is another category. And for most of you, you will need to keep these in a file cabinet or a fireproof box. Some example are federal and state income tax returns. This would include all supporting documents like receipts for business expenses, charitable contributions, cancel checks for any tax-related expense. The IRS only goes back three years to double check your returns in most cases, but they do go back further if they believe you are underreporting your income by more than 25%. So my rule is to keep them for 10 years and then off to the shredder with all the papers that validate your deductions, but I do keep just the 1040 form long-term. So I'm going to the extreme maybe. I do it 10 years before I shred, but that's my thing. You can do what you want. All right. Household papers that need to be kept are things like receipts, instruction manuals, and warranties for major appliances. Also, keep receipts on major improvements like having a roof put on. These are capital improvements, at least that's what they're called, and may be needed if you sell your home and have gone over the two hundred fifty dollars 500000 dollars threshold. So what I mean by that is, let's just say you're a married couple and you bought your house for 500000 It's now worth $1.1 million. And believe it or not, that's very doable now with, or at least it has been with the economy doing well. So if you sold that house, let's say again, you bought it for 500000 and you sold it for $1.1 million. The government allows you to basically save the gain, but it's up to $500,000 if you're married and $250,000 if you're a single person. So in that scenario, you bought it for 500, you sold it for 1.1 million. You would have to pay tax on the gain, not on the 600,000, but the 100,000 above that $500,000 threshold. So if you had repaired a roof during that time, That is a capital improvement, and that would reduce the taxable income on that $100,000. So you'd pay less tax. Okay? That's maybe a little bit of an extreme nowadays, but that is a possibility. However, like I said earlier, most of this stuff is gone the way of the dinosaur, and you can save all that stuff or find what you need electronically. That would be my first choice now. Permanent papers are just that, and they need to be saved long term, basically your whole life. Some examples of this would be birth, marriage, and death certificates. Also divorce and adoption documents. And passports need to be kept in a safe place. Your will and healthcare proxy is very important and should be kept in a safe place like a safe deposit box or a fireproof box you have in your home. That healthcare proxy is super important because if you become incapacitated, this document will give someone the legal right to make decisions on your behalf. Also, an IRA and 401k documents with beneficiary designations will fall under this category as well. You need to keep those in a safe place. Well, this is another kind of messy subject to discuss today, and I hope you don't hope I don't scare you away from doing nothing. Getting your financial house in order will do two things for you. First, it will allow you to easily find those important documents when needed and not have to go over all over your house to find them. And second, having this process in place will give you financial peace. I'm serious. If you gain wealth, and you will, if you become an expert in financial management, it can get a bit complicated. For example, if you have real estate and you have mutual funds, and maybe you have them in a couple different brokerage firms, it can be complicated, it can be messy, but it's imperative that you have a process in place to win in this area. One last thing before we finish today, that is to go electronic whenever and wherever you can. You'll be glad you did.
0: Yeah, I'll just add to this. I know this was a meaty topic as well with a really something I think a lot of people struggle with, me personally as well, and that's organization in some of these financial matters. But just knowing the stuff that you need to take and keep for later and the stuff you don't is important. And personally for me one thing that I've done is, as Dave mentioned, go electronic whenever possible. And if you have an important receipt, and I'm not talking about the grocery store or something like that, I'm talking about if you have a big purchase that maybe has a warranty, maybe a phone or something like that, or right. even more expensive, well, will try and get that in email. And you know, a lot of times you can email that receipt to yourself or... Take a picture with your phone. Yep. You know, your phone is probably has a good camera on it. And if you store all those receipts someplace in your documents, it'll mm-hmm. be easy to go back to later. Just make sure you you obviously save the name and the date correctly as well and on the document.
1: That's right. And, you know, I have an Android phone. I know a lot of you have Apple phones, but my particular app that I use is called the Keep app. K E E P. And that's where I store a lot of those electronic documents, uh, easy to find and pull up, and kind of unrelated. But I also have like all my medical information. And today I, I was talking with a medical person about my health, and she asked me, you know, when you had your tetanus shot and when I had my COVID shots and so on and so forth. Well, I was able to pull that up online in 15 seconds, and I could give her all that information immediately. And instead of, you know, going, well, I think I had my tetanus shot, you know, in 1996 or whatever it is. If you have it organized, like Nate does electronically, and I'm starting to do, it makes life much easier. And I use the Keep app. I think for the iOS or the Apple product, I think it's called, what is it, Nate? Do you know? Notes. Notes. Thank you. Yeah. Notes for Apple or iOS users. And uh, for Android users, the one I use is Keep. All right. Let's finish with three points that I want to emphasize today. Are you a list maker like me, or do you tend to keep all your tasks that you need to be done in your head as you just don't see a need? Well, as you've seen, if you want to win with money, you will need to have a process in place, whether you use a list like I do or another way that you have developed. Having a process in place will allow you to win in the area of personal finance and get your financial closet in order. Second, the most important goal of this talk today is to get those long-term papers in a safe place. Trust me, when tax time comes, it can be stressful. It won't be if you have a plan, and today I gave you a plan. And lastly, permanent documents must be kept in a safe place. It could be in a safe deposit box or a what they call a firebox or even in a solid file cabinet with a lock. But you need to have them protected. By the way, be sure to share with a trusted family member or a close friend where you have these documents. So when the time comes to leave this world, they will be forever grateful for you making their job a lot easier. The last thing I want to share is to take action. I do this every podcast. And, you know, again, my goal in these podcasts is for you to, you know, when you listen to it, you're not going to remember everything. I know that and nobody can. But my goal to you is to take one thing out of today's podcast that you can do to help you in your financial journey. Today, I gave you an overview of how you should handle all those important papers that seem to never end coming into your life. My takeaway to you is that you take the time to set up your own system to store and protect the ones that are needed long-term and jettison the rest. Buy a good shredder if you don't have one already and go to down. Sure, this does take time, but if you want to win with money, this is an area you need to have a place if you want to get your financial house in order.
0: Yeah, nothing more important than staying organized. It will free up your mind so much. And uh, we really appreciate, Dave, the tips today, as, as Dave has a lot to teach on in terms of organization. He could do many podcasts like this. But that wraps up today's episode. On the next podcast, we have a question for you. Are you house rich and cash poor? Well, unfortunately, many people often buy more of a house or rent a more expensive apartment than they can afford. Many times that happens because we fall in love with the home or apartment and or the location, and at that point, we can't see clearly. Well, we develop strong emotional connections to this new thing. We make a decision that can, in most cases, and will derail our financial success. On the next podcast, Dave will delve into how we get into this mess of overpaying for stuff. And more importantly, he will discuss a key strategy to avoiding the problem. It's a key metric that you will want to use if you're truly ready to win with money. And lastly, we want to ask you to do us a quick favor. Do you enjoy the podcast? Are you finding value from what Dave's teaching? If you do, could you just take 10 seconds, 30 seconds and leave us a review? All you need to do is on your app of choice, just click on Save Like Dave on our podcast and scroll down. Normally there's a write us a review or a rating. Leave us a rating. If you could do that, that would help us out tremendously. So please leave us a rating and review on your podcast. If you could do that for us, that'd be a huge help. Dave is gonna finish with a scripture.
1: All right. And thank you, Nate. I'll just add on what he says about the uh, feedback. I do need feedback. It it helps me to, you know, guide this podcast. And so on SaveLikeDave.com, you can send me an email and just say, hey, Dave, could you talk more about this or that or subject, you know, from a financial perspective? I'd love to hear that. You know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to encourage you to win with money. And uh, that would go a long way to help me. All right, the scripture that I want to end with today is from 1 Corinthians 1440, that is in the New Testament. It's a short one, but a really good one related to what we talked about today. But all things should be done decently and in order.